Well, we are in, as was said, I'm not wearing a Princess Leia anything. Uh, we're in the third week of a series at the movies. We've looked at Inside Out, which is a great movie around just sort of being emotionally healthy. Last week, we looked at Just Mercy, and we talked about the conversation, not around justice as we sort of hear it these days, but biblical justice. What does that mean? How do we talk about it? And so this week, as I admitted last week, I grew up in the era of Star Wars and had not seen any Star Wars until the last week. And so since there's nine different Star Wars movies, we're going to spend 10 minutes on each movie, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. I am more, more confused about all things Star Wars than I was a week ago, even after I've watched some Star Wars now. So uh, be with me, bear with me, and uh, we'll have some fun together. So one of the things we haven't talked about is the idea, we're looking at these movies and we're taking sort of some spiritual truths out of them. But there is another side of the coin that we're not going to spend a lot of time, but there's discernment when we're watching movies, right? We need to be able to watch a movie and say, there's something in there that maybe is not right, isn't biblical. One of the things in Star Wars is, you, and by the way, if my notes fly away, this is going to be a two-minute message. Um, but one of the things in Star Wars is sort of this dualistic idea that good and evil are put on the same plane often. And in the biblical narrative, that's not the case. At the end of the day, we know that good, the way of Jesus, when Jesus comes back again to make things right, good ultimately wins. And so, with that said, I want to look at quickly three things that I think, especially in the last movie, connected to some of the other movies, but in The Rise of the Skywalker, that I think are really important spiritual truths that as you're walking it, we can, watching it, we can have conversations around. The first one is this. In the movie, you see this pursuit of community. It's, it's, it's actually all throughout all of the movies, but you see it beautifully in this last one. Ray, at the, one of the early scenes in the movie where we first see her, you see her meditating and saying, be with me, be with me. The first words that she whispers. And she's seeking to commune with those who've gone before. In the Bible, we call it this great cloud of witnesses. And then as you watch the movie and they're on the brink of the final con- conflict, she's feeling as though she has to go about it herself, herself. And she doesn't. She invites these other in. She allows them to go with, and they ultimately defeat. And that's part of the biblical narrative is we're made for community. We're made to be together. Romans 12 says it this way. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We're better together, and not just in rows, but we're most effective when we're in circles looking at each other, truly being in each other's Lives. In the New Testament, there's over a hundred times it talks about this one another language. The way that we're supposed to be for and with and in one another's lives is so, so important. Second thing is this. Like I said, we're going to fly. I know we have all ages in here. You've never seen that in a sermon yet. The easiest way to go about it. The second theme, so the community is this huge, beautiful thing. Another theme that's in there is the idea of overcoming evil with good. And let me attempt to sort of retell where we get this from. When Ray finally confronts Emperor Palpatine, he's the Supreme Lord. She finds herself on her own in this dark cavern, surrounded by all of his followers. And he invites her, as she finds out that she's actually his granddaughter, He invites her to be the new ruler of the Sith and to basically rule with darkness the whole of the galaxy and all these minions all around the scene are hissing with their sort of urging her to do it. But she stands her ground and she says again, be with me. 
imploring her sort of Jedi ancestors to her aid. She joins her spirit and they encourage her. And instead of attacking him, she gets this new sound strength and eventually overcomes and destroys him. And the whole scene, if you think about it, instead of joining in and joining the forces of evil, the forces of darkness, defeating, uh, defeating evil with evil, she does this biblical injunction that says, do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. And I think this is one of those things that in our day and age is one of the most important things followers of Jesus should be talking about. So much of what we see is overcoming evil with evil. And we often see it in Christendom. And the Bible says something very differently. In Romans 12, it says this, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. This is Romans 12. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Leave it to God. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, and here's what it says. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's one of the hardest things to do as followers of Christ. When every voice is telling us to live into a different narrative, the way of Jesus says, overcome evil with good, love your enemy. And here's the last one. And this is going to connect our baptism celebration here. There's this really cool theme that you can see in Star Wars around adoption and new identity. If you've seen the movies, and if you look back to a couple of the previous movies before this, Ray has been in search of her identity. Literally, she doesn't know who she is, who her parents, why they abandoned her. In the last movie, Kylo Ren finally told her that, that she was a nobody. She was an obscure orphan girl from a backwater planet. Her parents were nothing special, just junk traders, and they hadn't left her behind for a noble reason. She was just nothing. They traded her for local uh, drinking money. As it turns out, Kylo was lying. And he confesses this truth to Rey during the final chapter of the story. She's the granddaughter of the Emperor Palpatine. Her parents left her on that planet to hide her from her evil grandfather and shield her plans. And she, in reality, is, is his heir. She's shattered when she finds this out, that she is the heir to the most evil guy in the universe, that it might be her destiny to fall in his good steps. But then she discovers, and this is this really cool turn in the story, she discovers this beautiful truth that liberates her. She learns that from her mentor, Leia, had known all along that Rey was a Palpatine, and yet Leia had welcomed and embraced her anyway. She trained Rey to become a fellow Jedi and follow the path of light. And in effect, Leia and her brother Luke, the Skywalkers, had become Rey's new family and spiritual parents. And if you think about it, it's this beautiful echo of the gospel doctrine of adoption. Rey might be a Palpatine by birth, but she's been grafted into the Skywalker family. It's about a new identity, a new nature. Even though the Bible says, even though we're in the lineage of Adam, that we're sinners, that if we come to follow Jesus, put our faith in Jesus Christ, we can be adopted into the family of God, that by faith, we can be sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. And then there's this, if you remember the end of the last movie, there's this scene, I think, that puts it all together. The closing scene is this. Ray returns to Tatooine, the home planet of Luke Skywalker. I think from the very first Star, Star Wars movie, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. 
This elderly woman passes by her and asks her name. Ray says, simply says, Ray. And the old lady responds, Ray who? Ray pauses for a moment as she sees the vision of the ghosts of Luke and Leah smiling down on her, and then she responds, I'm Ray Skywalker. She has this confident part of a new family, and this is the beauty of the Christian story, that anybody who wants to have a relationship with God can be adopted into the family of God. Here's what Ephesians 1 says. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in, in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption through the sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his good pleasure and will, the will, the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. And so what we're gonna do today, we come from a lot of different traditions. Uh, very few of you grew up in the evangelical covenant denomination. We have a lot who've grown up Methodist and Lutheran and Catholic. And so we've grown up in different traditions around what baptism is. For some of you, you've only seen infant baptisms, which we also do here at Crossview. But we also do believer baptisms. For people that weren't baptized in infants and have come to choose a relationship with Jesus Christ, have been adopted in the family of God, we are going to dunk them under the water and have a huge celebration. And so let me tell you a little bit how it's going to go. Aaron's going to come up here in a second and ask the uh, people getting baptized some questions. Then they're going to get in. They're going to get baptized. And after each person gets baptized, we are going to clap and celebrate. Because they are saying out loud to all of us, this is what believer baptism is. They're saying out loud to all of us that they are a part of the family of God and they want you to know. They want you to know that you are their family and they are in the game with you. So I'm going to pray. The band's going to come up. We're going to sing one more song and then we are going to go into baptisms. Gracious Father, Lord, we thank you for the chance to gather outdoors and worship God, the chance to celebrate baptisms, the chance to think about the fact that you, by grace, came and lived and died for our sins and rose again. God, I pray if there's anybody sitting here today who has not begun a relationship with you, that this would be the day, this would be the moment where they simply talk to you and say, God, forgive me of my sins. I want to be part of your family. I choose your way, God. And then, Lord, as we celebrate baptisms, I pray that your spirit would work and move and breathe new life into all of us. I pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all God's people said, amen.